Hi, you're with Gillian on the Brown Notes and a review of Working, Men, Working Men's Club's second album, Fear Fear. So I've gone on at length to distraction about how indie music, British indie music, died, uh, possibly due to Oasis in the long run, but um, basically landfill indie, um, indie guitar music in general, even in America, sort of died off around 2005. And just has had this amazing resurgence the last five years, particularly sort of angular, left-field, post-punk, abrasive, knotty English indie guitar music. And the bands that I've raved about the most have been like, you know, Black Midi, Working Men's Club from their debut, Squid, Black Country, New Road, specifically not wet leg or dry cleaning, who have only got even more press than those bands because they've got female lead singers because that's how it works nowadays, even though their music's not as good. But it's been an absolute golden era. Working Men's Club from the north of England, I don't know much about them. I love the fact that their debut album, the self-titled one from a couple of years back, has a Wikipedia entry, but the band doesn't. Um, so they haven't exactly broken through to the mainstream, but I raved about that debut album. And they've returned with their second Fear Fear nearly in the same week as Black Midi's third album, which I was going to review today, but it's getting near five o'clock and I can't be bothered. Um, so this time around, uh, they've taken a different slant with their music. It's um, I'll go through it and it will become apparent. Um, the opening track 19 has got a really sort of almost factory floor. Factory floor are this incredible three-piece. And I raved about their industrial techno debut album from five or six years ago. Haven't heard anything since. Just these colossal um, interlocking sequences that build up over nine minutes. Just going bam, bam. They were superb. Um, I get that here, especially in the opening sort of third of this album. The only few tracks do actually have a lot more sort of dynamic energy than a lot of the rest of the album does. Um, and this, the opening 19, um, even a little bit of Electro Clash getting in the mix. Um, even if that sort of points to the early 2000s, there's a different, definite sort of 80s sensibility here. Um, very post new wave, um, very 80s sounding vocals at times. Almost a kind of music I c this is meant as a compliment. Almost a kind of music I can imagine Buffalo Bill listening to while he skins someone in his um, dungeon in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, and the, the, the title track, the second one, the, the, a lot of these bands go for very spoken word over melodic vocals. Um, which is why I was annoyed about the attention that the Dry Cleaning album got because all of these bands do the same spoken word stuff that Dry Cleaning did and, and that band had like one of the weakest vocalists I've ever heard. Uh, definite deaf disco vibe at this stage, more abrasive than their opening album and a lot less rock as well. Um, a bit more detail to the music, sort of more interlocking parts, very exciting at this stage. Uh, Widow Track 3, bit of a flock of seagulls vibe. Whatever anyone tells you about, you know, anything from the past can be retrospectively looked at and be called good is not true. A flock of seagulls are terrible, but 
being like them doesn't mean you are as bad as Flock of Seagulls. It's sort of this gothic synth pop. Ploys track four. Um, a lot of the tracks here um, lead with a very sort of fat, heavy synth bass. Almost like washed out Caribou synths, maybe from a couple of albums back from Caribou. But the, the music here is like electro. It's almost like breakdancing music, which I found really, really good. Um, the lyrics um, seem to be about failure of communication, talking the past tense. The lyrics can kind of fade into the background a bit and be a bit vague. Um, but it's nicely paced as it sort of, through tracks um, four and five, it kind of mellows into uh, this sort of mid-tempo region. A bit less urgent, a bit more opened up. Um, there is the odd middling track at this stage. It's sort of... Uh, yeah, the lyrics can be a bit slogany and a bit vague, sort of like chanting the same thing over, which seems to be about modern life and dysfunction and failure of communication and the dystopia we live in, but not any in any sort of pointed way about anything personal or specific. Um, I thought it sort of lifted up again with Rapture, uh, which um, kicks off with a bit sort of more of a, a 90s alt-rock sort of vibe, even a bit like the Rapture at times. And um, Circumference, track seven, sweeping, grandiose, and probably needed at that stage to have a sort of bit of a colour change to the music that was going on. I think Heart Attack, probably the most in focus lyrics at this stage, and towards the end of the album, the lyrics tend to be a little bit more direct at the listener rather than sort of mixed very low, often in the background and being a bit vague. Um, I love the, uh, I think they used the same guitar riff on the standout from their first album, John Cooper Clark, uh, and it does here as well. And the um, bass as well on it is really good. Um, maybe my favourite track on the album. Money, Money is Mine. Um, again, the lyrics come a bit more in focus. In this depression, it's time. Suicide something, the money, suicide's yours, the money is mine. Um, it might not make any sense, but at least it feels like it's actually sort of uh, actually addressing something. And it's got this real micro house bass sort of thing going on, um, and, uh, and a nice sort of breakbeat and almost jungle sort of vibe at the end with the bass. Um, the last one uh, it is a bit low key, um, electronic Bowie sort of track, it's the longest on the album. In fact, the album as a whole is. Um, the plus and the minus is the low-key nature means that it's quite a repeatable album to listen to. Uh, the flip side of it is it's quite samey uh, in tempo and colour and the vocal uh, processing and you can't really grab hold of uh, anything lyrically so much. The thing that I missed here is that the previous album had some really standout tracks like John Cooper Clark blew me away and I got this real sort of sense of Frankie Goes to Hollywood about it. If you can spare a minute, I would like to talk to you about The Church of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I've been trying to get the Frankie Goes to Hollywood revival going for some time now. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome is uh, a masterpiece and it needs to be viewed as such. Um, but there's not really anything as exciting as, as that here. Um, none of the individual tracks sort of sound that different to the other tracks. And none of them really sound uh, stand out on their own. It, it kind of felt like the kind of music that the LCD sound system and the Australian band Cut Copy were making around 2005. And I thought, you know, Cut Copy's music was great back then. 
Bali really liked cut copy when they made Inco's colours and they suddenly became much more full of emotion, really hooky tracks, everything sort of stuck. Um, and I really hope that that will happen for this band. They seem to have made a sort of aesthetic choice this time around to have a very... It's, a, it's an album that conforms across the board, but it can sort of sink back into not being that interesting individual track-wise uh, and lacking a bit of dynamism. So overall, it's a good album. Um, I was expecting a lot, and I nearly got there, but not quite. I still think they're one of the um, preeminent bands of British indie, and um, I just hope that they go for that sort of John Cooper Clark excitement vibe on a few tracks the next time out and a bit more of a wider color palette because it does get samey. So anyway, it's a good album. Working Men's Club, Fear Fear, I'm going to give seven and a half out of ten too.